Let's get right in. Uh, we're uh, jumping into our again the exploration of heart of our exploration into the heart of Christian service, and uh, this uh, is basically going to be a different little different format. It's just going to be like a chat, a talk, just me and you, uh, just talking, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, and this specific message is is geared towards uh, Christian workers who are classified by the young, younger crowd as senior citizens. So, if you fit into that category, then hey, this message is for you. And I'm going to start right off with quoting. Uh, I wrote down a quote. It's basically a little story uh, that Warren Wiersbe tells about... Uh, a man who he had the privilege of pastoring back in the day. So, anyway, I'll get right into it, and I'm just going to basically read this, because, again, um, it's a story uh, by Warren Wiersbe, so I don't want to miss anything. He goes on to say, It was once my privilege to be the pastor of a man who died at the age of 94. He had hoped to make it to the century mark, and we were all rooting for him. But the Lord had other plans. My wife and I often visited him in his apartment where he'd make dinner for us. Uh, he was quite a good cook. And we'd sit and talk about his future plans. Now keep in mind, this guy's 94, but he's making future plans. Really important. Uh, we rarely heard, uh, we rarely heard good old days conversation when we were with him. He was always looking ahead. Another great principle. You're always as young as your mind, he said one day. I consider myself a young man, and so did his friends. He outlived a couple of doctors and accountants, and he told me he had to keep making younger friends or he'd find himself lonely. We felt privileged to be counted among his younger friends. I guess when a man is in his 90s, most of his friends would be younger. I asked him one day why he hadn't moved into a retirement home. He was offended. What? He almost shouted. Move in with a bunch of old people who do nothing but play with trains and sit around and talk about their symptoms? Not on your life. I never brought up, I never brought up the subject again. Although I think his uh, description was prejudiced and highly exaggerated. He never lost his sense of humor. And uh, the night before he was to have surgery, his surgeon said to him, I want you to know that this operation is serious. And my friend replied, Doctor, at my age a haircut is serious. He made it through the surgery and enjoyed a few more years of getting old but living young. I often think of him, and his memory encourages me. You know, the older we get, and uh, the more years we serve the Lord, the more we need uh, to work at being contemporary, and not being dusty old relics in a religious museum. Because what happens is we retire from a job, a vocation, a career, but we must never retire from life. And God doesn't uh, want spectators. He wants players. And you may not be first string anymore, 
But even King, even King David came to a place in his life where he had to put up his sword and uh, lead the battles to younger men. And you can see a record of that in 2 Samuel 21, 15 to 17. Now again, God will use you where he wants you to be used. And uh, he may use you in one aspect, especially things like choir, where your, your voice, you know, your singing voice might change with age. But there's certain things that age may come into a play, into play. But other things, uh, you could go on forever, really. I mean, you know, why not? So it's all based on um, God and what He wants for you and how He wants to use you. So never forget that. Always, we always want to go to God and pray about things and uh, and and ask God what He wants for us. And He'll direct our lives. He'll show us if we want to be shown. Uh, there's many people who don't want to be shown. So don't ever give up on, on God and don't ever give up on yourselves and, and don't ever give up and uh, forfeit the game. We have to work at being contemporary because nobody automatically stays young in heart and mind. Um, and what happens basically is what's around us our external environment uh, conspires and will make us feel old and think old and act old. And that's why it's important uh, that you not let that happen. You see, because be living old is a choice we make. It isn't an in inevitable sentence from Mother Nature and Father Time. You see, and a lot of people take that as fact. They they think because their 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 age, uh, they hit that magic number, whatever it is in their mind, and they think they're no good anymore. And uh, I like to always say is that age, a birthday, whatever it is, it's only a number. It's only a number. It's how you uh, accept that number and what you do with that number. And uh, what you do with your life at that point, it's all about choices that you make. And uh, Bernard Baruch said, old age is always 15 years older than I am. And that is a great outlook to have. Now, if you want to live in the past and criticize the present, uh, and especially the young people, Feel free to do so, but then you've got to live with the consequences of that. If you remember back, uh, it may have been uh, session four, I don't remember exactly which uh, message it was in this series, but we, we went over the word Irenaeus, and uh, we talked about hedgehogs. And um, this basically describes what will happen if you let yourself become old. Because you become like that hedgehog, and uh, nobody will risk getting too close to you. Uh, if you haven't seen that message, uh, hopefully you did. Hopefully you've been right with us right along. But if you haven't seen that message, get back, go back to it because it is an important message. All of these are important, but take a look at that one, and uh, you'll see. Because what happens is, if you're like that hedgehog, uh, gradually you become isolated, critical, bitter and desperate in your feeble attempt to bring back the past and resist, resist the present. And when you resist the present, what happens? You destroy your future. 
And you know, ever want to have that happen. And I mean, you know, you see the people, you see the old people who are, are just there, like just existing, uh, because they they don't feel important anymore. They don't have any anything to keep them going, and that's because they let their minds, uh, they let their external environment, they let what they hear and see out there uh, rule their choices. And you can't let that happen. And. Um, it, I could be wrong on this, uh, but I have a feeling that the gen younger generation doesn't ignore or oppose senior saints because we're older or because we don't agree on everything. But what happens is when it comes to the younger leaders that God's raising up in the church and the new things that he's doing, the more contemporary things, we senior uh, saints have a tendency to react instead of respond, to talk instead of listen, and to build walls and in, instead of bridges. And that's important. They're all important. And what's the motivation behind this, these reactions? What is the motivation? Ask yourself that. What is the motivation? Well, I think it's fear. Especially the fear that we older folks won't be needed anymore. And that is a critical uh, perception that a lot of people have. I am not needed anymore. And it's something that you can't have because that'll stop you right in your tracks. And uh, Emerson wrote, we do not count a man's years until he has nothing else to count. And that is a very, very sad commentary. A sad comment. But you know what? It's true. And uh, no matter how old you are, uh, you have to count for something. Even if it's only that you have, uh, that you listen to the younger crowd, that you pray for them, and that you encourage them to live for God. Because don't ever forget, if you look in the book of Joel, uh, God is going to pour out His Spirit on the, the, the sons and daughters. The new revival that we need right now, and it is happening right now in the mountains of West Virginia. Just Google it. Uh, you will see that um, the, the revival that's going on right now and what is needed and what will happen during these last times is the younger crowd. The younger crowd is where the revival is going to come from, the kids. And don't forget that. And uh, Satan, if you look at the world and the conditions and you see the conditions of our, a lot of the kids, the youth, the distractions, uh, the gadgets, the the technology that's keeping them distracted from the Word of God. Um, you take a look at all that. You t take a look at the drugs that the pharmaceutical industry is putting forth to the kids. The drugs that they don't need. Uh, uh, they're being told they have the ADHD. All these uh, letter terms saying that they're uh, depressed, saying that they don't have a, a attention... Uh, this attention deficit disorder, it's a big one. And they treat it with drugs. And it's not, an it's not a, uh, a disorder. What it is is a screaming from kids saying, I need to learn in a different way than you're trying to teach me. Pure and simple. And this is one of the things that we'll be, we'll be discussing in that series, that future series that I've been hinting about here and there. Because it's a big thing. Because our minds, God set us up, and our minds, we learn differently. 
we have different ways of learning, and when you discover how you learn, it's so important. And our schools are loaded with, uh, with, with um, curriculums and everything else geared towards one way of teaching the kids, and it's wrong. And so these kids with attention deficit disorder, quote, I use that, you know, uh, that term that I can't agree with, that a lot of doctors do not agree with, um, Christian doctors don't agree with. Uh, it's all because uh, kids are not being taught the way they're supposed to learn. Another one's kinesthetic learning, where they have to be moving in motion in order to learn. So there's a lot that goes into this thing, and Satan is using all this ignorance to hit the kids. Why? Again, he knows God is going to use the kids in this last time revival. So what is he trying to do? Destroy the kids. And if we let him, he'll do just that. So you don't want to be part of that. You want to, you want to lift up the kids and encourage them. Um, you may have to reluctantly resign from whatever uh, service that you're doing because of age. And again, I, I briefly mentioned that, that there are some things that you might have to uh, resign from based on age. But other things will make no difference. It's only what God wants. And, uh, you know, we're talking about things like the choir again, where your voice changes. I mean, then you know you, you're not really useful as a choir member uh, anymore. So you move to something else that God wants you to do. It might be something like where you've been for 30 years, you've been a big person, a person who's done maintenance in the church, uh, la landscaping, all that kind of stuff. A lot of stuff that's very tedious and hard working, hard on the knees, getting up and down, up and down, maybe ladders, maybe changing light bulbs around the place. Whatever it is, there are certain things where age will make a difference. But it shouldn't stop you from serving. You never want to stop serving the Lord, even if you're forced or need, you have a need to change your service. Okay, that's really important. Don't resign from serving the Lord. And don't, of all things, don't go underground and, you know, you mobilize the old time. We see this. In all, all, a lot of churches have this where, you know, you, you don't feel important. Now what do you do? You go underground and you start mobilizing the troops, the old timers, and you have this brigade. And all you do then is create problems for your pastor. You oppose everything new and, uh, and, and, and the church can't move forward. Uh, and again, especially with the youth, you don't like what they're doing, you don't like how they dress, you don't like what they stand for. Uh, and if they're standing for God, guess what? You're, 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 you're an obstacle in their movement towards God. So, don't let that happen. And remember what we said again. There was another, I think it was uh, uh, Message 11, um, where we, we put forth a quote uh, by Thomas Merton. And he said, to consider persons and events and situations only in the light of their effect upon myself is to live on the doorstep of hell. The doorstep of hell is a terrible place to retire. Don't let it happen. And we, you don't want to interpret what we're talking about here as a, 
encouraging the seniors to develop a hands-off attitude towards the next generation. You know, you don't want to say, okay, do what you're going to do, and then you just kind of lay off of it. No, you want to be a part of it. You want to be a part of it. Uh, we have responsibilities towards these kids. And the Lord, guess what, will hold us to it. Um, there are several verses, uh, several places in Scripture. I'm, for sake of time, I'm just going to give you the, the, the verses, book, uh, chapter and verse, so that, uh, you know, in the entrance of time. But I implore you, I encourage you to read these. Uh, Proverbs 16.31 is the first one. And again, these are uh, a few things that the Lord expects of the older generations. Okay, so again, Proverbs 16.31. Titus 2, verses 2 to 3. Psalms 34.11. Psalm 71.18. Psalm 78.2, verses 2 to 4, and 6 to 8. And in these scriptures, what you'll find is a common theme is that God telling us to be encouragement, an encouragement to the younger folks, not a turnoff, an encouragement, so that they won't make the mistakes that we made. We're supposed to teach them by example and by our encouragement. You're not supposed to turn them off by our example and our discouragement. Every local church is only one generation short of extinction. And if all you have is the old elderly people, the church will soon be a cemetery. But if you only have young people, you may lack the balance that comes from the mature council. You have to give it enough time, and if you give it enough time, it will destroy itself. You see, that's why I always, I mean, I like to see a mingling uh, of the young and the old. And, you know, I know a lot of churches, <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with this, but my personal opinion, my personal uh, preference, and my personal heart on this is that we need to do things where the seniors and the youth are combined and, and, and we're together. See, what a lot of times happens is we set up pro. Um, you know, studies, Bible studies, uh, fellowships that are segregated, you know, by age group. You know, and I, again, I understand why it's being done, and I would never say you shouldn't do it, because that's between the pastors, the, the leadership of the church, and what God tells them to do. But guess what? If it's not God telling you to do it, then I think you may want to consider changing it. Because in my opinion, again, it's my opinion and my heart on this, is that the young need to... Uh, learn from the, ma the maturity of the elders, and the elders need that vibrance and that uh, vi the vigor that the youth can provide. And what happens is when you se segregate them, then what happens is uh, cliques are set up. And basically a wall goes up because all the elders or the people in that group will mingle with each other, fellowship with each other, the same with the the younger crowd, they mingle with each other, and then when you get to church on a day when everybody's together, maybe on a Sunday morning, what happens is, guess what? They fellowship with the same groups. They don't fellowship across those lines that have been set up. And see, that's to me, 
is where, uh, you know, I like, I just don't care for it. And again, I'm not saying it's wrong, it's personal preference, but personally, I don't like that. What I think is, if we want to have community groups, and, and we want to do things like that, I think that by, uh, we set it up by um, interests, you know, interests, like a car group, car, people that like, that are mechanics or are interested in cars, you see, because then, it's young and old, all together, and, and things like that, the young people can really learn from the old people, older people, and the community will get involved, and they'll want to come, because you're not preaching to them, you're, these are interests that everybody has, so anyway, I, that's a little bit of a rant, but that's where I'm at, that's where my heart, heart is at on this thing, so I'd like to see a lot more of that, and, um, Okay, let's get back into this thing. I've, I've gotten sidetracked a little bit. Um, okay, the words that these scriptures, um, when these words uh, were, <clears throat> were written by David, Solomon, Asaph, and Paul, they weren't thinking only about formal instruction in the classroom. Uh, the Jews were accustomed to discussing God's truth in the informal situations of life. And we see that in Deuteronomy 6, 6-9. And it's a good example for us to follow. The important thing here is that senior saints listen sympathetically to the younger generation so that they'll be willing to listen to us. You know, and, and if a warning is needed, we have to give it. But we don't want to walk around with a gun in our pockets and do nothing but look for targets. Okay, so we have to we have to tread wisely and cautiously, and everything we do should be out of love. And we, if we do that, we'll be okay. See, it's our job again to prepare the next generation to step in and take over. If we if they fail when they take over, it's our fault because we didn't prepare them. And um, the things that you heard. Uh, from me, I'm, uh, I'm going to quote Second uh, Timothy here, Second Timothy two two. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You see, we have to teach what we know and what we've learned through experience and through our failures and what we've learned. We need to pass on. And. Here's another important point. Once you've handed the torch over to the next generation, you have to you have to avoid the next these two things: hovering and meddling, and and robbing those kids of the freedom to do what they need to do. Because God will move in. If God raises them up, God will raise, will 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 speak to their hearts, and God will show them what needs to be done. So we don't need to be hovering and meddling, because God may be using them in a different way, most likely he will, than what we're accustomed to. The second blunder is doing an imitation of Pontius Pilate, you know, washing our hands of everything. And then you, you, you abandon basically all your years of experience instead of investing them when they are needed. You see, again, do you want what you've learned to be passed on and lived on in others, or do you want it to go to the grave with you? Some people, too many people, want it to go to the grave. They don't want to pass it on, because then, you see, 
they're, they're, they're not as important. They'd rather see, sometimes there's people like this out there, and you know it, that will rather see people fail rather than impart their wisdom and what they know. Okay? Very important principle there. And um, you have to find uh, the right posture, the in-between right posture. And guess what? The Lord will help us find it. And one of the joys we can have as being senior uh, saints is to, to, to keep our eyes open and to look for new recruits for the kingdom. Um, we can challenge them. We can train them. We can, we can then encourage them to do the job. Making ourselves available when they need our help. Very important. We can't abandon it. So, as we get older, we can find great joy in seeing the way God is blessing some, some of the young men and women He helped us influence in past years. Uh, especially teachers, you know, they can see their students in the classroom, and now they see their students' staff members, members of the church, or even simply as good friends, you see. The younger generation isn't just the future of the church, it's the future in the church right now. And we don't want to ignore that. And again, uh, you look to the hills. Uh, the, the, the movement right now, there's a movement going on right now. Today is October 12th, uh, October 12th, 2016. Today, right now, this month, this year, there is a, a revival going on among young people in the hills of West Virginia. Uh, I, I forget the town that it, it's, it's, there's a major town out there, Derby, Durton, something like that. Uh, I forget exactly, but um, there's a major revival going on right now. So um, it's, it's really important that we focus on the young people. And again, we don't want to ignore the young generation. Read the scriptures uh, that I gave you earlier. And then you want to ask God to help you put them to work right where you are, right where you are today. So anyway, until next time, Tony Mangone, signing off. God bless.